0: Welcome to this special episode of the Naffy Break podcast. I'm Dominic O'Sullivan, your host. Uh, and I'm delighted today uh, to introduce to you Danny Daniel, the Managing Director of Active Plus Community Interest Company down in Truro. Uh, and the reason for doing that is the opportunity to to help service leavers and veterans who are looking at uh, a career change or getting back into employment um, with some news about an exciting job fair that's going on down in, uh, in Truro, uh, down in Red Roof. Um, in a couple of weeks' time, so uh, without any further ado, let me introduce you to uh, Danny and uh, let's find out all about Active plus and what they're doing. Well, thank you for finding the Naffy Break podcast again. and today I'd like to introduce you to Danny Daniels. Danny, how are you today? Very well, thanks Tom. Yeah, great to meet you uh, finally. And well, uh, yes, we, of course we've had a mutual kind of uh, friend, I suppose in Mark Lane who appeared on the pod a little while back and and obviously you working together at, uh, at active plus and and we're gonna kind of take this episode to really kind of get into the, the the bones of what active plus is doing and and the purpose and how it's all come about. So I'm really grateful for you um you taking a time out to come on the pod today.
1: yeah my my pleasure and I'm looking forward to it.
0: Great. So, Danny, listen. as As most um, as most kind of veterans, and and we kind of you know we look at our own personal journeys and so forth, and then what we do in later life. Just kind of rewind, if you could, a little bit. I know you joined the senior service. Uh, I, I know you're a ex Royal Navy man. What was um, what was your connection to the service or motivation to go in in the first place?
1: Um, I guess the, uh, the connection it had always been a bit of a family joke. My, uh, my granddad was in, uh, in the Navy during the war, Arctic convoys, and uh, always used to pat me on the head and said, oh, this boy will go into the Andrew. Um, and obviously, mother was like, I don't think that's ever going to happen. And then um, sort of a bit lost, I guess, at school, not really knowing what's going on. A smart sailor turned up, gave a quick careers brief. Went home. Dad, take me to the careers office. So
0: there I was, 16 years old um, in a blue suit. Well, now it's interesting you talk about there about somebody came to the school and gave a talk. And, you know, back in my day, and I know I'm maybe a couple of years different to you, but not a lot. And nobody ever did that in our school. So nobody in my school was particularly kind of, you know, keyed up for the services. That was a personal thing that I sought out. And I hear a lot about the American services do a lot of that recruiting out in the community but that obviously had a massive impact straight away there was a kind of there was an avenue and it and obviously like the uniform and the idea of it and and there you go
1: yeah that was exactly it you know i as i say it was um o level year You know, not particularly focused, I guess. Um, What was I going to do next? Probably not stay in uh, academics. And uh, there was the opportunity stood right in front of me saying and talking of tales of daring do from around the world. And you think, yep, I'll have some of that, even if it's only for a couple of years.
0: So now two things there. You've given away your age slightly because you've talked about O-levels and I'm kind of of that generation as well. But that's GCSEs to the kind of younger listeners. Um, You've also said there about not necessarily being academic or going down an academic route. And yet when you go into the service, you know, as we say, every day's a school day. What was that kind of introduction to kind of, I suppose, Navy learning and the kind of career path? Where did that take you and and come? What, What was the thing that you wanted to do in the Navy?
1: I think to begin with, it was um, just that sort of sense of adventure. I don't think I had a great aspiration um, to, you know, get anywhere within it. Uh, and it was only when I, I got there that I realized the opportunities that, that were available. And then um, I was asked um, if I, you know, fancied going for a commission. So after seven or eight years, um, I, I went uh, to the Admiralty Interview Board and was successful and uh, got offered the chance to, to be commissioned
0: so in terms of the the time in the navy i suppose and and i kind of fast forward a little bit to what you're doing now did you kind of think about you know the longer term thing in in the navy what it was going to lead to or was it just going to be about the navy and we're going to happily retire at the end of it and and that was it or did you did you identify this kind of area that i suppose the charity or the community interest area an early point or was it did it just not, about- not at all no um I was
1: um heavily involved so I ended up doing nearly 39 years uh, in the navy and at all stages I don't think I really had an e- exit strategy um as they gave me longer and longer I thought well actually I'll probably take this to the end and then just um that'll be it I'll retire um and so yeah I didn't really I was in flying training and I think there was the the sort of belief within the flying training world that maybe that's the way I'd go when I left. I would, you know, either go stay flying training or I'd get involved in procurement and go and work um, in, in one of the organizations. But having worked for so long at that, actually, I don't think I'd have wanted to do it.
0: Well, the other thing that interests me as well is that as much as you thought this was a thing till the end, there must have been people around you who you saw leave the service at various stages, you know, whether they'd done, you know, 30 years or whether they'd only done, you know, half a dozen years. What was your kind of view of other people's way that they transitioned or preparation for it? Did you did you kind of see any trends there?
1: Yeah, I think I was um, fairly, fairly sort of fortunate, and maybe lived in a, a little bit of a goldfish bowl because um, being an aviator, I think the the route, uh, you know, for the pilots was pretty well cut, you know, cut for them. So a lot of the pilots that I worked with, you know, they had their exit strategy into licenses into the airlines, so their transition looked pretty good. I think backseat wise, and I was a, an observer by trade, I think backseat wise, um, it, it was far more into the technical side of things and going into industry um, and and sort of using their knowledge and skills for a couple of years, but then reinventing themselves. So I had quite a lot of um, examples of where people were leaving and how they were transitioning. But as I say, it was probably quite a a, a, a rosy picture, if you like, from the aviation world.
0: I was going to say, because i look I look at some of the people that I was in the service with and and people that I've known, and I've actually kind of i think I've got quite a lot of examples of people who didn't transition pretty well and it it was pretty tough for them and they found it difficult and I think that's what's kind of led me to 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 do in the podcast is to say, look, there are ways to kind of help yourself in terms of that transition, but we need to understand what the challenges are for everyone that goes out do, does there any is there anyone you can kind of recall? I mean no names required, but can you remember seeing anyone or seeing people later on when you met up who maybe didn't get a good transition? And, you know, whether that was circumstances or personal or, or situation, did, did that influence you at all in, in what you're doing now?
1: Um, I think uh, not. I think the, um, as I say, most of the most of the people that I worked alongside transition quite well. I think, you know what? Um, and I, I came to Active Plus really through um, uh, I was uh, medically downgraded. Uh, and in the, the end, I couldn't fly at all. Um, and so I was sent uh, sent home whilst they were waiting. What really were they going to operate? Were they not going to operate? Um, and so I was looking for something to fulfill me uh, during those those hours, really, of, of just waiting and the, the frustration of, you know, what are they going to do? How how well am I going to be when I leave? Um, And what's that going to allow me to do? So I came to Active Plus really as a volunteer, um, as a as an injured veteran, um, albeit injured through just age and wear and tear as opposed to um, uh, to to any sort of um, combat. Um, And as soon as I got here, I realized that, you know, where I had been in the services was completely different to where other people had been. And what I had seen as a, trans- a good transition, and what I had seen as people leaving well, um, wasn't the case. And that for you know, the, for every one of those, there was probably another one who had found it a struggle. Uh, and that really did ignite that you know, actually, we can do something about this. We can help these people. Um, so those sort of transition well, uh, but then it's gone unwell later on. Uh, what do we do about those people? So you know serial job redundancies etc cetera, etc cetera, not being able to deal with this not being able to do with that not getting their medical conditions correctly sorted so it was a real eye-opener for me and it, it did ignite that passion so I know you asked earlier on was it something I always wanted to do it probably wasn't I probably wasn't didn't even have it visible it wasn't on my radar but having bumped into it through my own circumstances, I suddenly realized what a, you know, what a great opportunity I had to be able to be part of an organization that was making a difference.
0: Yeah. And I think, you know, I've spoken to a few people who when they first, when they first left the service, and by their own admission, they almost kind of not ran away from it, but they locked it away. They didn't engage with you know the reunions and and you know facebook groups that kind of exist and they almost kind of wanted to draw a line under it and say that's me done I'm, I'm done with the service completely and actually for whatever circumstances something triggers later on and all of a sudden things are reawakened and i think you know you can take the uniform off but it doesn't really leave you you know you're always a veteran so it's interesting where you say there it wasn't something you deliberately kind of thought you were going to do it once but once you came across it, it's interesting that, that that spark was was ignited what have you seen in terms of people arriving with you what have you seen as the biggest challenges that you you guys have been able to address with the with the veterans that turn up effectively at active plus
1: yeah i think there's um two two main things really dom i think the 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 first one is that sense of belonging uh, that's that's been lost um, because they belong to something, and then they've had that sort of bereavement. They've left the services, and every job that they've taken, they've done the job, but they've never felt that they belonged. So that's the first thing, you know, a real family atmosphere back into that team, uh, and really give people that sense of belonging. Alongside that, it's the confidence. You know, they that loss of confidence you know, be it through redundancy, be it through, you know, I used to be this, I used to do that, and now I don't seem to be able to even hold a job down, um, is absolutely massive. So giving people the opportunity just to come here, take a knee, reinvent themselves, get their confidence back, and then watching them grow and then springboard out into um, mainstream employment is absolutely fantastic. So I think a sense of belonging and uh, confidence would be the the main things that we're providing.
0: Yeah, because interestingly said that's almost a bereavement when you leave the service. And Steve Davis said a couple of weeks ago, he he I think the thing he said is you're in love with the army, and then that you get divorced and it's a messy divorce, but you still love the army, you know, it doesn't love you anymore, yeah. sort of thing. So he kind of in a very similar way described it. I, I think what I find quite almost I think is overlooked is that the loss of confidence. For somebody who's maybe done 20 odd years that, you know, they're 45, 50. And all of a sudden now they there's almost an expectation. Well, I did this job. I got to this rank. They come out and actually people aren't just going to give them a job or a position at that rank. And it it, it can knock some people's confidence, particularly if they get a rejection at interviews. And, and so a couple of times, you know, thinking, well, why aren't I getting these jobs? So when you talk about, you know, increasing the confidence again, I, I can I can see how that's going to be a big that's going to be a big one for these guys.
1: And it, it really does. And, um, you know, I think that we've, we've been in uh, 10 years that Active Plus has been working. We've worked with, you know, over 250 uh, ex-service people. Um, and really, we are a lily pad organization. You know, we are that place where you can come. You can get some peer support from people who understand. You don't have to keep repeating your story. If you're not feeling great, you can tell people. Um but it is, it's time, you know, it's taking a knee, getting back to go, I've got loads to offer. I've got so much to offer. And then springboarding on to what comes next. And we've got some great examples of where people have come here just taken that deep breath and gone on to, to do some fantastic jobs and give give back, you know, really after all the, the experience and training they got from their time in the service.
0: Well, now, Danny, one of the reasons why I wanted to get you on the pod was uh, really as a kind of precursor. I know you've got a, an Armed Forces Careers Fair up and coming uh, down in Redruth Just if you can, just tell the listeners a little bit more about that, because what we want to do, obviously, on the pod, in, and hopefully we're going to go and speak to some people who are at the fair, both from an employer and an employee kind of uh, perspective. But just tell us about how this has come about and what, what you're trying to do with this event.
1: From last year, we had an online um, careers fair in the Southwest, um, but it was fairly apparent that, that the uptake of that wasn't great uh, and, and that we really wanted to do something for Cornwall and the armed forces community in Cornwall. So, um, as all the great careers fairs that are running across the UK, you know, with the CTP input, et cetera, uh, but this has been generated really uh, by uh, veterans uh, and the armed forces community for the armed forces community. So it's people that understand the transition. And we've worked really closely with uh, Cornwall Council and uh, and Reading Partnership to put this together. Um, and we've also worked closely um, with the businesses that are signed up to the Armed Forces Covenant. Those are the recruiting, actively recruiting and understand the benefits of of employing ex-service people and also their families. Um, so we've worked really closely. We've now put put it all together. We've got about 30 businesses attending. Um, where the Eventbrite tickets are are flying out the door now for the armed forces community attendees. Um, We've also put alongside the business opportunities and employment opportunities, a number of the support organisations down here. So it's a good opportunity for the um, veterans just to bump into some of the, you know, there's so much down here, really, some of those organisations that they might not have heard about that might just be able to help them out in a specific need at a specific time. Maybe not today, but maybe in a few weeks time, a few months time, they might think, oh, I'll just touch base with those guys and uh, they'll be able to look after me. So it's twofold, really. But the, the main focus will be on, um, you know, linking the businesses that understand the benefits of employing the armed force from the armed forces
0: community with the uh, potential employees. Well, it's two things you said there that are really interesting. I think also you've mentioned it's about the families as well. It's not just the service lever or the veteran themselves. It's it's employing their their family. Cause they probably traveled around the world and all the postings and, and what have you, as Mark discussed when we had him on the on the pod. Um, but also some of the the companies who are actively looking to employ veterans and i think you know i i you know i know on the advert for your uh for your event we've got opportunities in you know, engineering manufacturing aerospace you know there's driving logistics so there's a whole range of sort of sector opportunities uh there but the, how how much of the the work that you do does kind of get across to the families because you know we've, we've mentioned that as an important group
1: yeah quite, quite a lot actually and we're fortunate we're running um a family matters program, which is funded by the Armed Forces Covenant Fund Trust. Uh, and it's been it, it's been a really good project for us. It's, it's run alongside um, some one-to-one veteran support that we've been providing. Uh, and as you mentioned there, really, behind every uh, Armed Forces personnel, person rather, or other, or veteran, there's going to be a family that has up sticks, moved around, uh, and, you know, even now with the ships away and things like that, there's families down in Cornwall who are struggling a bit because they're living in villages and towns where nobody fully understands. The schools don't fully understand. Why is that child so quiet? Um, Mm -hmm. It's because dad's gone away for nine months. Uh, And and they don't really know what he's up to. So um, through our family matters project, we've been able to um, connect with those families and also with the schools and talk to the schools about the extra pastoral care that could be provided uh, and why it might be needed. And then alongside that, we've taken on some armed forces, um, armed forces, community social prescribers. So they're working alongside the social prescribers in GP surgeries, really identifying the specific support that's available for that armed forces community in Cornwall.
0: Well, fantastic. So now for for people who are listening, thinking, actually, this is of interest to me, how do they register? Do they get tickets? How do they go about getting themselves onto the event?
1: Yeah. So if you um, look on our Facebook page or on our website, you'll find um, the Eventbrite link um, and you'll be able to book yourself in um, with we're doing it in um, our slots just to try to keep, um, you know, the numbers uh, nice and safe in the building itself. So it is a live event. Last, as I say, last year we, we ran it online. This year we've gone for a live event because we feel that actually looking people in the eye face to face is going to be a real bonus and, and selling yourself in that sort of networking way that, that, that only meeting people can do. Um, so, yeah, go online, have a look at it uh, or email um, admin at activeplus.org.uk. And we'll be able to get a ticket to you.
0: Fantastic, Dan. Listen, thanks for coming on the pod today, and just giving us a little bit of an insight into what Active Plus is about. We're going to kind of link this uh, this episode with a little bonus where we're going to speak to people at the jobs fair as well. So I think that's going to give people real insight into how things work, what it's like at these events, and and also what the employer's perspective is on things. But I think what you're doing there in terms of changing the narrative around kind of veteran support and and re-employment is is fantastic. So um, hats off to you, sir. I think it's a great, great project you've got going down there
1: yeah thanks for that tom and you know that ability to uh, to reuse the skills and experience uh, gained through service uh, for the wider community and giving veterans the chance to help themselves by helping others is uh, is making a real difference so thank you for the opportunity